It's the third in our uh, sermon series on uh, the fourth great awakening of Christianity, what Christianity will look like after religion. The, the thesis of great awakenings is, is that religion appears to be in trouble, uh, going downhill, uh, people are not attending church, they, they, you wonder if there's a future, and um, things are bad, but they're not at its end, and, and there's a great awakening where religion and Christianity take on new forms, new practices, new ways of, of seeing things, new ways of believing, new ways of belonging. Uh, during a great awakening, people start to question their faith. And last week, uh, talked about the, the three buckets that, that our questions generally fall into. The first is um, the bucket of, of, of believing. What do I believe? What do I believe anymore? The second bucket is the bucket of behaving. How do I act anymore? And the third bucket is belonging. Who am I? When I talked about that belonging question last week, I talked about who am I in terms of where am I in my faith journey? It makes a difference because who I am is not who I was and not who I will be. This week, uh, we continue with the belonging question of who am I, and it revolves around whose am I? The question, who am I, um, we've tended to find um, for the last 400 years taking Descartes' um, proposition of, I think, therefore I am. That's who I am. Heady, rational. It tends to be individualistic. It, it, it can be kind of isolated. It can be self-sufficient. A couple weeks ago, somebody said to me, you know, Descartes was born in, in 1598. Whatever happened to him? Well, you know, here's what I've heard. He was taking a flight from Paris to New York, and the steward came up to him and said, Mr. Descartes, would you like, um, would you like more coffee? And he said, oh, I think not. And poof, he disappeared. <laughs> you know, oh, come on. That got a better laugh. That got a better laugh eight years ago, okay, when I told him. But this, I think, therefore I am, it's, it's, it's a proposition. A proposition is, uh, you know, it's a statement of fact. It's a statement of opinion. You know, I, I believe that water uh, freezes at 32 degrees. Uh, I believe that it'll be a nice day and then we can get some gardening done. I believe that the Browns will win because of their, their quarterback and the new receivers. These are propositions, and we might um, be connected, we might be involved, we might be engaged with a proposition, but we don't necessarily have to be. Um, I can just sit in my office and think deep thoughts, wonderful thoughts, and don't have to act or commit or, or do anything. I can just think, and I am. We do this with the faith also. We've made 
faith propositional. It's what we believe. You know, I believe that God created the heavens and the earth. I believe that Jesus uh, was a prophet in, in, uh, in Galilee and in Nazareth. I believe that he was crucified. I believe that he rose from the dead. Um, I believe that he, that he founded the church. You know, these are propositions. We don't necessarily have to act on them. We don't necessarily have to be involved or take chances. We can just sit and think of those and agree with them or not agree with them. And we tend to make Christianity kind of a, a series of propositions that we agree to. Now, I want to tweak that question, who am I, just a little bit to say, who am I in God? Who am I in God? Cha adding that preposition in God kind of changes the whole thing. Now, we, um, you know, we know prepositions. If we learned any grammar in school, we learned that a, a preposition is a word you don't end a sentence with, right? Um, I didn't. I said right. Okay. You know, it's, it's a small word in, with, to, into, beside, beneath, above, through. Prepositions tend to be words of relationship. How we relate to something temporally or spatially. You know, the book is on the pulpit. So that's how the book relates to the pulpit. It's not beside it. It's not underneath it. It's on it. I entered the room 10 minutes before she did. You know, before indicates, you know, in, in terms of time, I, I came before she did. Prepositions generally say that we are not isolated that we are not alone. We are in some kind of relationship with something or someone. Psalm 23 is, is a pretty good example of propositions and prepositions. The Lord is my shepherd. It's a proposition. I shall not want. That's a proposition. But then you get to the middle of the psalm I go, yea, though I go through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because thou art with me. That preposition makes all the difference. Thou art with me in the shadow, valley of the shadow of death. I'm not alone. I'm connected. I'm involved. I have a companion. To move from propositional Christianity to prepositional Christianity makes all the difference. It makes, it makes religion intimate and personal. Who am I in God? I keep my identity as I, but it says I'm part of something bigger, something larger. Psalm 139 you know, 
It's full of prepositions. You are behind me. You are before me. You are beside me. It's wherever I go, there you are. I am never without you. You are present in my life and around me. We're part of something bigger. In God. Who am I in God begins to answer some of our questions like, why do I go to church? Why do I go to church? Is it to get points with God? No. It's to find that I am in God, that I'm not alone. Why do I pray? Is it so God will do stuff? No. It's to find that I'm in God, that I'm part of something bigger. Why take communion? Because we're in God. Why serve in the church or at New Life or at NEMAP or at Hubbard School? It's to find Jesus in our neighbor. Think of yourself, this would be a great children's story, Think of yourself as a Tupperware container that's sealed. You put that Tupperware in water. And you can just say, the Tupperware is in the water, just like we are in God. And it's surrounded, and the water keeps it upright. It's above and beside and, and so on. But what if you opened the lid and let the water in? Then the issue is, is not who am I in God, it's who is God in me. The water's now in the Tupperware. You know, who is God in me? Kind of says that my life is sacred that my life has importance and significance beyond what I ever thought it would. I mean, what, who is God in me? It's a really neat thought. Me and God, God and me. Je Jesus and John talks that kind of way. I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. Nothing happens except through me and except through the Father. And Addie did a great job reading those jawbreaker phrases. Yeah. But the point is, if I am in God and God is in me, then we belong to each other. Who am I? I belong to God. And in a sense, God belongs to me. We're in this together. There are, um, of course, other prepositions between in. You know, there's with. With is a great word of support. Are you with me? It's a word of identification. I saw you with her. Are you friends? God is before us. God clears the way. God is beside us. 
God is our companion. God is beneath us to hold us up and support us. In John's gospel, when Jesus says, believe in me, the Greek says, believe into me. That's really a phrase of intimacy. It's a phrase of genuine closeness. I want to say two things about prepositional Christianity. The first has to do with um, salvation. Sometimes we tend to make salvation into a legal, contractual affair where we make it all about forgiveness. God forgives my sins. Well, I hope so. But salvation, I want to say, is more than forgiveness. Because there are times we haven't sinned. We haven't done anything wrong. And we still need to be saved. The person who is abused hasn't done anything wrong. They don't need to be forgiven anything, but they still need to be saved. The person who's gotten a bad diagnosis, the person who's had a loved one die, hasn't done anything wrong that needs forgiveness but they still need to be saved. And prepositional Christianity says, you are in God, and God is in you, and God is around you, and God is before you and above you and beneath you, just like the prayer of St. Patrick says. And, And because of that, God heals you. And God comforts you. And God holds you in God's hands. And you're saved in that way. It's like God is a salve that heals. The other understanding of prepositional Christianity is the African concept of Ubuntu. Ubuntu is about community, that we are in community. And a human being is not a human being unless they are in community, unless they are in community or with others. And in this sense, we are. Therefore, I am. It's only in we that we find out our humanity and that each of us is. Just thinking about the difference between propositional Christianity and prepositional Christianity. And in propositional Christianity, there's, necessar- there's not necessarily any risk, is there? I, I, I don't have to take a stand. Again, I can just sit in my room and think deep thoughts. 
But with prepositional Christianity, if I'm going to be with and in God and with and in community, there's a risk. There's a risk. Anytime we're with somebody or beside somebody, and there's a risk letting God work through us. But with prepositional Christianity, when we discover we are in people and we are in God, we discover that we belong to God and we discover that we belong to a larger group, a larger community. And in that sense of belonging and discovering whose we are, we discover and grow as full human beings. One of the early church leaders said, the glory of God is a human being fully alive. And it's in that sense of belonging, of belonging and knowing whose we are, that we become fully alive. May it be so. Amen.